Let's stand together. He is the great I am. Amen. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And God says, test me, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. And I want everybody to lift your hands and claim these blessings. Declare them over your family, your finances. Everyone online, lift your hands right now. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Everybody say amen. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations, all nations shall call you blessed. Ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Brothers and sisters, I want you to hold those offerings up and everyone stretch your hands. Father, we consecrate these offerings. Father, all of the giving online and by our online campus and all of these offerings in the house of the Lord today, we dedicate and we consecrate before you as an act of our worship to you, O God. Father, we render these unto you. You said, Jesus, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God. And we pray that as an act of worship before you, O Lord, that this will be a sweet savor 
that Lord you will be honored and you will be glorified and that your word will be true over this entire congregation I pronounce the blessings of Malachi 3 over this church family that you said in your word you would open the windows of heaven and we receive that that God our our vines would not cast their fruit in an untimely manner and that even nations would rise up and bless us and father we command your word we declare your word in the hearing of all this church family and we dedicate and consecrate these offerings now to the reaching of souls in Jesus name come on everybody say in Jesus name amen come on let's remain standing and give him our highest praise together come on hallelujah
Amen. Everyone find the scriptures. He's turning the Holy Scriptures to Jonah, the book of Jonah. God bless you for your faithful support. The work of the Lord, the Lord's church. Thank you, worship team and choir. Today we begin a series entitled America's Final Curtain Call. From Jonah chapter 1, we'll be going through the writings of the prophet here over the next few weeks, culminating in a great outdoor service three weeks from tonight where the church goes outside to celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. And outside the church house, we're calling America back to God. Churches, congregations are meeting all over the nation today inside of houses of worship, but sometimes the church has got to go outside and call the, uh, the, the nation back to her God. Amen. So we'll be outside, outdoor worship, amen, on the last Sunday night of this month. But from Jonah chapter 1, have you found it? Say amen. amen. Verse 1, look at it. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. His dad's name was Amittai. That meant truth. His dad's name meant truth. It's important, dad that you emulate truth to your family. I think there's something powerful. If you want to raise up a son like Jonah, a prophet to the nations, you got to be a man of truth. Amen. Jonah, the name Jonah meant dove. Dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. When you take a mitei, the word truth, and Jonah, dove, and you put the truth and the Holy Ghost together. Mmm. Something powerful about to happen up in this place. Amen. But the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. says, Arise, go to Nineveh, Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Go to chapter 3. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. How many are thankful God's a God of the second chance? You ought to shout me down right now. Amen. How many have ever needed a second chance? How many have needed a third chance? A fourth chance? I I'm thankful that he's a merciful, forgiving God. And so the word of the Lord in chapter 3, verse 1, comes a second time to Jonah. Same message, same calling. He's just going to get it straight this time. Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city. Several times, God calls Nineveh that great city. Keep that thought. Go to that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city. It would take three days to walk across the city. And Jonah began to enter and he walks for a day's journey. And then he begins to cry out to the Ninevites that 40 days and the judgment of God would arrive. You may be seated. How many have heard the old adage that history repeats itself? Hold up your hand. The title of my message in this series is America's Final Curtain Call. And that is very important, those words, final curtain call, because you find them in history a number of times. The words final curtain call literally means that there's been a performance 
And now the end of the performance has come and the performers come out on stage to take a bow and be recognized. There are a lot of people on the stage of America this summer. A lot of people that are bowing and wanting to be recognized. But we're going to recognize Jesus as Lord. Amen. There's a lot of people in world history that have wanted to be recognized and wanted to be bowed before and wanted to be lauded with crowns. But I'm here to declare on this first Sunday morning of June that Jesus is still Lord. Amen. They've come and they've gone, but he's still Lord and he's still seated at the right hand of God the Father. The terminology, final curtain call, has been used, watch this, in sporting events. The longest tennis match that took place in history. Agassiz emerged victorious and it, the epitaph of the tennis match uh, described the final curtain call of that tennis match. The final curtain call has been used concerning economic predictions, battles, epitaphs upon pop stars, and I could cite you some uh, that, are, that, that was used in. To the economy, even an article I read this week, it has been used of empires. I read this week of the fall of the Roman Empire and actually the title was the final curtain call for Rome. It has been used in many different ways. And you look over history and you see the rise and fall of nations and you see the rise of empires and you see the demise of empires. You read about the Persians and I'm bringing you to a historical background of what Jonah is about to do. You read about the Persians under King Darius who defeated the Grecians on September the 21st, 490 B.C. These dates are important and I want you to hold this. The Persians de uh, were defeated by the Grecians September 21, 490. The Persians were the best equipped, best trained army the world had ever seen. They vastly outnumbered the Grecians. And because of the, the, the Persian emperor and king, King Darius, and I'll explain this in just a moment, he brings his armies towards the Grecians and they meet on the plains of the Marathon. The plains of the Marathon, 26 miles outside of Athens. And there Darius and all of his Persian, his military might were defeated by a much lesser army of the Grecians. It was such a rout in history that a runner runs from the plains of Marathon for 26 miles all the way to Athens to declare the glorious victory of the Grecians in defeating the greatest military might the world had ever seen to that point. And he runs for 26 miles from Marathon, the plains of Marathon. So we have today the Marathon runs that take place. The battle was there, and the Grecians won in an incredible fashion. Had the battle turned, it is stated in history that had the Persians won and beaten the Grecians, the word democracy would have been lost to all of future history, world history. The Greek word to describe the downfall of the Persians and the Persian emperor 
Darius is the Greek word hybris. And I want you to watch this. That Greek word hybris means the outrageous arrogance that marks the abuse of power. This is very important. It is the imposition of a leader's will on people no matter what the cost. Hybris led Darius to make a preemptive strike against Greece which all of his military generals said do not do. All of his counsel said, do not go up against the Grecians. Even though tactically and, and militarily they vastly outnumbered, they were the greatest and most well-trained and most equipped uh, army in the history of the world. And all of his counsel said, do not do this. But because of Hybris, the outrageous arrogance that marks the abuse of power, the leader Darius did a preemptive strike against Greece. The epitaph is clear. They lost and the Persians lost their empire in coming days. Individual decisions by leaders and the passivity of people to take a stand has been denoted in the demise of democracies and empires. I was reading about the fall of Rome this week. And, and I was reading about uh, this, this word hybris and how it denoted the emperors and the Caesars who, who led Rome and, and their, their arrogance and their, uh, their outrageous abuse of power and they caused the fall. But you know, as I was reading about Rome, there were some smaller things going on in the empire. And one of the things they attribute to the fall of Rome, this was a lesser thing, but was the apathy of the Christians. There had been revival in Rome. There had been such a move of God in Rome that there were Christians that Paul addresses in the household of Caesar. Not even Caesar's household had escaped the, the impact that the church had. Had come through hours of persecution and many being martyred for their faith. And yet the spread of the gospel through the Roman Empire is documented. But then it reached a point where the church became passive. And Christians became passive and no longer stood against uh, the arrogance and, and, and the imposition that was being placed upon people. And they no longer took the position of being salt and light. We've seen the rise and fall of the Egyptian Empire, the Assyrian, the Persian, the Roman, the Babylonian, the Chaldean. And we've seen the rise and fall of cities. And I want to talk to you about Nineveh. And we've laid the groundwork for this. But watch this. It was Nineveh's final curtain call. It is listed in history as a pivotal point of the Assyrian Empire's fall. The fall of Nineveh shook. And I read this in several different readings. That when Nineveh finally fell, it shook all of the ancient world. Here you have a city that was the Assyrian capital. It had been a city for over 1,200 years. It was considered impregnable. Walls 40 to 50 feet high. Even God called it a great city several times. One of the most modern of its day, but exceedingly sinful. 
located in modern-day Iraq on the Tigris River. Watch this. Right next, now it's not there, just the excavations today, but right next to Mosul, which we've seen in the news and, and uh, our American fighters have fought in Mosul. But Nineveh was located right there. And God calls a prophet to go to the city of Nineveh, a very strategic city in the Assyrian uh, Empire. It was the capital of Assyria. And for more than 50 years, it held the, the uh, accolades of being landmass, as far as land area, the largest city in history. Today, if you will look it up, you will see that there are a number of cities listed as the largest in the world, but New York, as far as landmass, New York City is considered the largest now of, of landmass. And Nineveh was, it, it was just patronized and it was, it was lauded because it was a great city from so many different angles, but watch what's going on. In 745 B.C., the Assyrians attacked Israel. Be careful what you touch. Their demise didn't come till years later, but when God calls a people the apple of his eye, it doesn't matter. He never forgets. Amen. I would honor what God says honor, and I would bless what God says bless. And God has a national policy, and he says the nation that blesses my people, I'll bless. Amen. I believe Evangel Temple is so blessed because we're blessing Israel. Amen. But listen to me, God didn't forget that. In 745, they overtook the northern kingdom of Israel. In 763, you know, I was thinking about this, God, what would cause Nineveh, which was such a, a wicked city, in fact, if you look it up in the Hebrew and study it out, the wickedness was literally boiling over it. It reached the brim. It's, it, it's sort of like if you put coffee in a cup and you put the microwave on and you microwave it an extra minute or two, it just starts bubbling over. And in the Hebrew, it's trying to connect this thought that the sin had got so, uh, so rampant that it was just bubbling over the brim. And finally, God said, enough. I want you to watch. There are times that God looks at human history and he says enough is enough. And there are times that God has destined a city to be destroyed, even the greatest city in all of humankind. Over 1,200 years, it had been a great modern city, and yet it was full of sin. And God says enough is enough. In 40 days, I'm going to destroy this city. But God, he sends a prophet along. To preach a message, amen. But there were some signs. I, I know a lot of people don't uh, believe in signs, but uh, I, I, watch, I watch what's happening. And, and I read about it, that prior to Jonah going into the city, there was a solar eclipse over the city of Nineveh, and it caught their attention. Sometimes God has to awaken people with different things. It takes different strokes for different folks, amen. Uh, God may just shake your bed one day and you say, oh, yes, God. Uh, God may put you in the mouth of a fish and you say, oh, yes, God. Or, or God may put the sun out uh, for a, a day or so and you say, what's going on here? There were two plagues that hit the city. All of this was preparatory, getting things in place because uh, a man, a dove man... <laughs> A Holy Ghost man, a spirit-filled man, a prophet of God was about to walk into the city.
I'm telling you that the cities of America need some dove men to walk into the cities today and walk up into some pulpits and preach by the Holy Ghost the truth. They need some fathers who are amitized, men of truth. And they walk into the pulpits of America and declare, Thus saith the Lord. Jonah was called to preach to Nineveh. He was called to preach the message that God would give him. But look at chapter 1 verse 3. Jonah when called by God does 180. He was supposed to be going east to Nineveh. He goes west. He gets on into the seaport of Israel, Joppa. And he pays a fare. Goes down into the hold of the ship. Goes to sleep and heads to Tarshish. In Sicily. He was going the opposite direction. You may be here on this Sunday morning. And you had never planned for one iota. To end up in a Holy Ghost Pentecostal church. On June the 7th. At a morning worship service. It was never on your agenda. And all of a sudden. You awaken. In the hold of the sanctuary. And people are speaking in tongues. And people are shouting. And people are praising the Lord. I'm telling you. God knows how to get people. Where they really don't want to be. But he's going to get their attention there. You may have even paid a fare. Maybe it was a taxi fare or some other kind of fare to get here this morning. But friends, God has you here for a purpose because maybe you're the one that's been running from the will of God. It says he rose up to flee from the presence of God. You can never escape God. Though you make your bed in the belly of a ship, in the belly of hell, in the whale's belly, you cannot escape the presence of God. For there he is on the mountaintop or in the valley beneath. God is there and Jonah meets up with God in the belly of that ship. Look at verse 4, chapter 1. Because not everything that happens to you is because of the devil. Look what the devil did to me this week. Doesn't say the devil did that in verse 4. It said God sent the wind. But Jonah was out of the will of God. If you're out of the will of God, don't blame the devil for everything that happens to you. I, I, I said if you're out of the will of God, if you got sin going on in your life, if you're living away from the plan and the purpose of God, don't blame everything on the devil. Because it may be your own running from God, thinking I'm going to escape the presence of God. The Lord sent a great wind. Look at verse 4. The mariners were afraid. They began to call on their gods, but their gods could do nothing. They cast forth the cargo. Watch this. As I was studying this out, they loosened the ropes that were holding the cargo down. Most likely on this ship that was headed to, uh, headed to uh, Tarshish, uh, there would be furniture. There would be supplies. Uh, there would be spare tackling. There was corn, manufactured articles, silver, metals, all used in trade. They loosened the ropes and they threw some things over. I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you can think, throw some important things over and you're running from God. You can cast aside doctrine that needs to be held safe. 
in your bosom. Amen. The fellowship of the saints. You can, you can cast some things over, but they lightened the load because the ship was about to break in pieces. You can turn loose of the, the restraints and the ropes that have held thing in, things in place in your life. When you're living away from God, you're running from the will of God, you're doing your own thing, you'll have to lighten some, uh, some, some ropes and take some ropes loose off some things and you'll see those things lost because of your own rebellion, your own running from God. Some restraints are good. Some ropes are good. Point number two, the ropes of America. John Howland was a passenger on the Mayflower. How many have heard of the Mayflower? We got a history teacher here, so you keep me straight. Amen. One of our universities. He was a manservant of John Carver. This voyage of three months of the Mayflower from Plymouth, England, had 102 passengers, 41 of which were pilgrims, 30 to 40 crew members. And over that three months, there were only two deaths that took place in that entire voyage that was marked by a, a lot of ferocious storms and winds. One of the deaths had to do with a crew member. But that crew member was making fun of the 41 pilgrims and day after day would make light and just demean and demoralize and speak against the pilgrims. And all of a sudden, that crew member became violently ill and died on that voyage and his body was thrown into the sea. Listen, you can cast dispersion against the things of God long enough and God's mercy may turn into God's judgment. And one of the two deaths was a crew member that had made light of the pilgrims and what they were going to do. But in the process of the Mayflower, it was in a violent storm. One of the main beams was beginning to crack. And it was violent with the waves. And John Howland was on the deck trying to help and trying to strap things down. And he fell overboard in the midst of that violent storm. As he fell overboard, it just so happened, coincidence took place, that there was a rope of one of the main sails that was trailing behind the ship. And by coincidence, he grabs hold of the rope. By coincidence, I'm telling you, friends, I believe in divine providence. That when a man who was on a mission. I'm going to show you how he was on a mission in a minute. He was on a mission of God to go and establish. He was a part of the pilgrims and a part of the uh, establishing a, a, a place in America where they could worship God to the dictates of their hearts. He grabbed hold of a rope that just happened to be there. You start living like you ought to be living, doing what you ought to be. I had a man tell me as I was walking in here just a moment ago, uh, God's turned some things around. He's been getting his life straightened out and things are falling into place. I'm telling you, God can throw a rope your way when you need that rope. John Howland held, held on to that rope and if you read the story, because of the motion of the ship in the storm, it would drag him deep underneath the waves. 
And he, he held on. He would not turn loose of that rope. Sure, he was trying to save his life. But friends, here was a man of principle that was on a mission of God to go to a new world and help plant a colony that would establish a nation under God. He was holding on to his vision. He was holding on to his dreams. Men like that were not afraid of death. But they held a rope because they believed in something. They held on to a rope because they believed that God had a higher purpose and they would not turn loose of their destiny. I'm telling you, winds will assail you. Storms will come your way. Hold on to the rope. Hold on to the things that you know are right before God. America needs some churches that will hold on to the rope in this hour. The average age of a nation in world history before its demise is 200 years. In a few days, we'll celebrate 239 years. Someone needs to grab the rope. Someone needs to take a stand for America. We have too many passive Christians and too many passive churches that have lost the mast and the sale of what they're all about. And that's to preach the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, and to declare to this nation that men need to repent and turn to God. We have ropes tied to a cross with a flag by one of our young people that's been painted on that cross this week. Declaring that, friends, America needs the cross and needs to get back to the foundation. Needs to get back to this one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Who will hold the rope of liberty? Who will hold the rope of freedom? Who will hold the rope of nationality? Preserving our heritage, celebrating America the freedoms that we enjoy, but the most important, America bowing at the foot of the cross. Arise, Evangel Temple. It's time to take our nation back to God and take our nation back to her knees. I want the worship team to come. Please, no one move. In 1775... In the war of our independence, George Washington had a secret navy. How many know George Washington had a secret navy? Not many. I did not know this until I was studying this. He had a secret, secret navy, a small armada of ships. John Manley was the name of one of his commodores of those ships. And this is where George Washington caused the first flag that we can find on record to be flown in an emerging nation to take place. And that flag was flown on these ships, his small armada of ships that would fight against the great British Navy. I'm telling you, little is much when God is in it. And he flew this flag that we showed you a number of weeks ago that was taken out of the book of Genesis. Chapter 21, verse 33, the evergreen on a white flag. 
And I'm going to get this right in this service because in the early service I had it backwards. Amen. Is that right? That's good. Amen. Amen. He flew this flag on his armada of ships. The evergreen on a white background with the words inscripted, an appeal to heaven. If a nation was going to rise to success, if a nation was going to break the tyranny and the imposition of hybris and what it was doing uh, through the dictatorship and through, uh, uh, through Britain's rule over uh, the colonies as they were emerging, uh, there would have to be direct help from heaven itself. I'm telling you, there is, a, there is an evil principality and power that wants to destroy our nation. And the godly heritage that we have as Americans, one nation under God. We're not one nation under many gods. We're one nation under Jehovah, Yahweh God. <laughs> Jehovah God, bless America once again. We appeal to heaven. We appeal to heaven. We fly the flag. I'm telling you, when God shows up, every enemy of God will be scattered. We're flying the flag. Even our own stars, stripes, represent, and I'll, I'll give you more of that because next Sunday is flag day. You can be seated for just a moment. But we have the curtain call behind the cross. That this could be America's curtain call with history. But I believe in a God of preemptive strikes. A God of mercy. That had already decreed Nineveh, the greatest city in all of mankind's history. God even called it great. And he sends a preacher to go into a city and preach righteousness, preach repentance. It was only a sovereign act of God. Jonah had nothing about him. But he just went in obedience, finally, after a second time. Some of you have been out of the will of God. You're about to get right in God's will. You're about to get your, the anointing back on your life and the glory back over your home and your family. Amen. Your gifts are going to flourish and be used in, in the things of the Lord. Amen. I don't know why I had to sit down. You need to stand up right now. Amen. Come on, stand up. A couple years ago, God gave us the, the thought of putting the cross and the flag, God and country united. And so tomorrow we will post on the outside of this building a huge American flag draped at the foot of that massive cross on the front of this temple. But it's a reminder, friends. I love America. I thank God for America. Friends, America is only great, a great nation because we came from a great God. A God that ordained that pilgrims come across seas and they wouldn't turn loose of ropes of vision, ropes of, of, of what they were called to accomplish. We've got too many people turning loose of the ropes when you need to be holding the ropes. You need to be praying. You need to be calling on God to visit your family. I said it in the early service and I'll say it again. I preached on Mother's Day that we have in the scriptures at least 10 households where the whole households were saved. We have in the scriptures where entire cities were saved. 
We're going to get to it in a few weeks. I don't know when. But Nineveh got saved. What God had said would happen in 40 days was delayed between 140 and 150 years. Judgment did not come for over a century. God was merciful. We can see America turn to God. A prophet stood in this pulpit two months ago and he said, America shall be saved. I believe there's some people that are being stirred up in this hour that there's going to be some folk Amen. They're going to hold the rope. They're going to find a rope. And they're going to be found as one that will not turn loose of the rope of human history. As it concerns a nation, America, that was founded on biblical truths. The word of God and the call of God. America was not just a novel idea. It was God's idea. And somebody's got to hold the rope. I'm just waiting for somebody to pick up the rope and hold the rope. There's a lot of ropes in this sanctuary and you're letting them lay dormant. Come on, somebody's got to pick up the rope. Somebody's, you may not can get to the rope, just touch somebody that's holding the rope. Come on. Somebody, there's a young generation that needs to hold the rope. Listen, Moses' miracle didn't happen until he stretched forth his hand. What have you got in your hand? Stretch forth your hand, some red seas will part. Stretch forth your hand, hold some ropes. And I believe God can send an awakening in the summer of 2015. Jim Rayleigh preached last Sunday night. This is going to be crossing over this summer into the amazing things that God's going to do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want everybody to grab a piece of rope right now. Come on. If you, can't, if you can't get the rope, you touch somebody that's touching the rope. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for our nation. With one hand on the rope and the other hand appealing to heaven. Hold that hand, other hand up. I want everybody to pray for America. Pray for America. Come on, online campus. Pray for our nation. Amen. We bind the spirit of Pharaoh that would seek to come across our nation. And we will not crown anybody king but Jesus. He is King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior of the world, Redeemer of America. We call America back to our God we hold the rope of history Lord don't let us be like Nineveh so wicked O oh Lord but let us turn to you let that part of the illustration cause America to cry out to God in repentance we're declaring over America in the summer of 2015 that from California to the east coast from the north to the south America shall be saved we shall declare Jesus is Lord over this nation hallelujah
Hallelujah. 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 We take our nation back. We declare the Lordship of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, all across this room, slip your hands up. Everyone, slip your hands up. All over this sanctuary, online campus. Come on, raise your hands right now. Lord, we repent for our nation's sins. We repent for our departure from the things of God, from biblical standards, biblical faith. Hear us from heaven. Come on, everyone sing this. This is our appeal. This is our appeal. Everyone, unlock. 
I am not willing that any should perish. My love has been seen throughout human history. I am willing to restore what the locusts have destroyed, what the canker worm hath eaten. I can come and I can breathe life. I can take what looks lost and I can cause it to be found. I can take what looks to be blighted and I can restore. For I alone am God and I can resurrect my purpose in your life and in your nation. But seek me while I may be found. Hold on to the things that you know you are to hold on to in this hour. Seek me with all of your heart and I will come to you as I came to Nineveh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the most glorious reads of revival. I love to read about historic revival. But it's how a, how a city that was so wicked, such a great, great city, that even God calls it great. But God is so merciful, so forgiving, that the most wicked city he had already slated for destruction repented and turned to God. There's hope for America this summer. Amen. Hallelujah. We just got to find some people that are going to hold on to the rope. Amen. Hold on to the things that you know are sure and steadfast. Amen. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. God's going to do something. Come on, one more time. Everybody lift your hands. You can drop the rope now. Amen. Come on, I want everybody to lift your hands. Amen. We lift our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glorious God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Continue steadfastly in doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, and prayer. Hold on to the rope this summer. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, sing that song there.
Father, we thank you for your word today. And we embrace, oh God, the story of Jonah. And Lord, we're going into our city this week. And we're declaring Jacksonville shall be saved. Our households, everybody that claims your household, raise your hand right now. Father, we claim our households. Sons are coming home. Daughters are going to nurse at their mother's side. Amen. Amen. Arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is upon thee. Gentiles are going to flow to the light. Kings to the brightness of the rising. Jonah didn't want to go to the Gentiles, but God sent him to the Gentiles. I'm telling you, prophets are going to preach this summer. And our children will flow to the light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Amen.